Would you like to come on a would you like to come on a journey with me, Corrigan? Would you like to come on a little journey with me, a little journey with Mark? What do you think? Uh, yeah, those are always interesting. <laughs> what about you, listeners? What about you, folks? You ready to come on a little journey? Yeah, I'm bored. With Mark? Hop on the Mark train. <laughs> All right. So we're starting in uh, we're starting in Pennsylvania, right? An area which I'm sure you know well. Pennsylvania, PA, yeah. Good old um, PA. Good old PA. Uh, in 2009, I'm going to talk to you about a lady, a lady by the name of uh, Kelly Ann Waltz. All right. Now, Kelly Ann, a big animal enthusiast. Okay. Okay. Big animal girl, Kelly. And on <laughs> oh this particular day in 2009, she was going out to a yard uh, just to clean out the cage of her pet Teddy. Okay. Uh, pet just going Teddy. Out- yeah, Teddy. The, the pet's name was Teddy. And okay. uh, she'd, had, she'd had Teddy for years, right? She'd had Teddy for nine years. Uh, she had reared Teddy from a newborn. Um, and she has a routine, right? This is Kellyanne's routine uh, normally when she's cleaning Teddy's cage. What she does is she opens the cage, mm-hmm. right? She's got quite a lot of land, right? So imagine kind of big open space here, lots of other animals. But she opens Teddy's cage... She scoops up a little shovel of food and throws it to the one side of the cage to distract Teddy. Okay. Okay. So Teddy goes over to the food. Uh, it leaves Kellyanne alone so she can clean the cage while Teddy was distracted. Now, despite having him for nine years, today was Teddy's day, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, oh, Teddy, what did you do? Teddy, uh, the chum trick didn't. <laughs> didn't fucking do it today because Teddy turned from his food, pounced on Kelly and uh, and mauled her to death. For <gasps> You see, Teddy was a fully grown 350 pound black bear. I knew it. When you said Teddy, I was like, please <laughs> tell was, me it's not a bear. Is she a raising a bear? Oh, raising no. a, uh, a fully grown 350 pound black bear. Now, Kelly, come Kelly on. Kelly screams, Kelly screams. Kelly screams were heard by her neighbor's children. Okay. Who watched the entire thing. Oh, no. Saw the whole fucking saga unfold. Alerted her, uh, her neighbor, Scott, uh, Scott Castoni. Obviously, Scott turns up locked and loaded. Like Teddy with, notices with a gun. With a yes, gun. Okay. With a gun. Uh, and lucky he did because Teddy left his cage and came straight for Scott, who was forced to shoot the poor fucker dead. Wow. Mm. This is Pennsylvania? Uh, this is Pennsylvania, 2009. This is a yes. very Florida-sounding story. <laughs> well, okay, why don't, we, why don't we go to Texas next? Oh, boy, okay. Why don't we go to Texas in 2010, uh, where a, uh, a guy by the name of Gerald Rushton, okay, a 67-year-old gentleman by the name of Gerald Rushton, unfortunately, in very similar circumstances to Kellyanne, was found dead by his granddaughter after entering his pet's cage to feed it now just like kellyanne he'd raised this animal since it was tiny his granddaughter found him badly gored in the chest the stomach the back he'd been badly trampled he was fucked basically his body was a complete mess you see it was mating season (gasps) and his pet a 500 pound european red stag stag what's a A stag 
a deer, mate. Okay. A red fucking stag deer. Uh, had trampled and gored the poor son of a bitch to death because it was mating season. Now, deer, believe it or not, are completely illegal to keep in Texas. Um, that feels reasonable. Like who? Yeah, it's not um, even like a thing I've heard of people keeping. This, this, <laughs> this wasn't Gerald's first rodeo either. He'd run a foul of the police some years previously for attempting to keep deer as pets. He just wouldn't let it lie. He wouldn't let it lie, and this time. Uh, it was to his death. Why? Obviously, Why would you want the deer. To keep deer. Well, ask Gerald. Oh, you can't. Oh, because right. He's yeah. Completely <laughs> fucked in the guts by this deer in the middle of rutting season. You know. Oh, Obviously, the deer was shot to death uh, by police as they attempted to reach Gerald's corpse. <laughs> Jeez. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I will say though. Uh, at least, I mean, I don't know about that particular kind of deer, but at least mm. we're actually encouraged to kill deer here because they are wildly invasive and are like a giant problem here. And all they do is like cause car accidents and things like that. Uh, so here they're like, people need to start like hunting them and eating them because- you are encouraged to kill encouraged deer. Encouraged to kill deer, yeah. Wowee. Yeah, because they're a huge problem. Huh, are there incentives? Do you get like- no, I mean, I don't think that there's like a program <laughs> for like it per se. Yeah, a bounty on deer. No, I don't think it's like that, but it's more of a like, you know, if you're, if you're a hunter and things like that, hey, can you take out these deer because they are, yeah, there's just, they don't have any like mm. predators or anything like that. They no, are not. the only thing around, you know, <laughs> so mm. they just, they're everywhere and they're like, yeah, they cause tons and tons of accidents every year and are just all up in everybody's business and they carry ticks and spread disease. And so, well, you know. Someone should have told Gerald. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, uh, further afield. Now let's go to Johannesburg, shall we? Oh, let's. Yes, yes. Uh, Joburg, 2011. Let me tell you the tale of uh, an ex-military guy, an ex-army major, uh, turned farmer, a guy by the name of Marius Els. That now, is an extremely South African name. Uh, yes, it is. It is Marius <laughs> Els. Now, uh, Marius, again, a massive, massive animal enthusiast. Huge, uh, huge uh, tract of land. The guy was a big landowner, quite wealthy. And Marius was someone who had a very deep, very emotional bond with his animals. Now, one particular animal who he'd owned for five years... Uh, this particular animal was rescued from a nearby river and adopted by Marius. Marius's wife was very concerned about his relationship with this animal, right? But Marius was something of a showman. Um, he'd been photographed uh, by local press riding on the back of his pet, Humphrey, this pet that we're talking about here. And to quote Marius, the hubris here, to quote <laughs> Marius, Humphrey's like a son to me. He's just like a human. There's a relationship between me and Humphrey, and that's what some people just don't understand. All right, can I guess what Humphrey is? Please do. Okay. Well, my first thought is like a, which one do they have in Africa? A crocodile or alligator? Like, not crocodile, it... no, he's not an alligator. Uh, okay, or a hippo, that's my other guess. <laughs> well, um, what if I told you that Marius is badly fucking savaged, mauled and crushed body was discovered, ironically, in the same river that Humphrey had been rescued from 
five years previously. For you see, Humphrey was a 1.2 ton fucking hippo. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that, man. that Marius believed he domesticated on his farm. Oh, my God. In Free State Province, Joburg. Like, there... Is there... Is there is there is there a lesson here? I don't know. <laughs> like here's the when I was in South Africa, uh-huh. um, we went to some place where we like petted lions in is it petted or pet? I pet a lion, I petted a lion. I both I sound I, wrong. Yeah, no, they both sound okay. I okay. think you can <laughs> or do both, both sound right. Let's okay. So I I petted <laughs> maybe a like lion and cheetahs and stuff like that there uh they're pretty doped up to fuck though were they well no they weren't and then like a couple months after we left one of the cheetahs that i petted uh mauled someone (laughs) yeah straight up like scalped a lady shortly thereafter and it's like even in places that are ostensibly professional this stuff happens because they're wild animals and we like probably because they're wild fucking animals (laughs) like we just probably shouldn't (sighs) no matter how loving they are and like oh i can put my like head inside its teeth and it won't do anything and you're like okay until the day it does though yeah you only get one fucking you know yeah that goes wrong once and you're the bear only has to be lucky once you know yeah (laughs) um Anyway, the journey isn't done. Come with me if you would to oh Mitchell, Australia. Hey. Oh, there we go. The the Florida <laughs> going, of going, Oceania. Going, going. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Australia, Mitchell, Australia, 2007. A lady called Pam. Pam Weaver. <laughs> um, now, Pam, again, such a fucking animal enthusiast. A love of exotic pets. Pam owned a, a huge property full of cattle, goats, other livestock. And she was given a gift of a very special pet for her 60th birthday, okay? Oh, God. Now, the alarm bells should have gone off when not long after taking ownership of this particular animal, it nearly fucking suffocated one of her goats to death by trying to mate with it. Ooh, oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But the inevitable tragedy struck when Pam's pet, a 10-month-old, 330-pound male camel. Camel? Yeah. Knocked Pam to the ground, lay atop her, and performed what onlookers describe as mating behavior. Oh, oh no. No, 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 no. Yes. Pam? He got screwed to get to death by a camel. Was smothered to death from being violently shagged by a camel. No, 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 oh no. What a way to go. What oh, a no. fucking way to die. I just I, listener, dear listener. <laughs> imagine for me, if you will, Pam's last moments. <laughs> 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 Oh no. Oh, Pam. 
Nice. And this is her family's fault. <laughs> Unless maybe she asked for a camel. I don't know that maybe that was like, oh, my whole life I've wanted a camel. And that's why. But nice. otherwise, like, Dope. you gave her a camel yeah. unbidden. What were you doing? Although also camels are generally domesticated. So at least that's not okay. like, I mean, I don't know where they got this camel from, but the idea of domesticating a camel isn't, it's not like wow. a bear. Uh I mean, the upshot is the same. Both camel, uh, both <laughs> camel, Pam and Kellyanne both died one way or the other, you know? So it is kind of is like a bear. The, the... <laughs> I guess that's true. In the sense that it murdered a middle-aged lady. <laughs> Loved her to death. Oh, good Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. One more stop on our journey, eh? <laughs> one more stop. You might... <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine how you're going to escalate this further. Oh, uh, well, allow me <laughs> to <laughs> allow me to answer. Because finally, we're going to Delaware. Okay. Back to the US. We've gone around the globe and we're back to Delaware and to a lad called Ronald Huff. Okay. Once again, just like our other poor unfortunates, Ronald was a 42-year-old exotic animal enthusiast and... Ronald, in his apartment, kept, raised, fed, and played with monitor lizards. Okay, that's... Okay? Uh, monitor lizards. Those... Yeah, I guess that's not uh, a pet. Well, these are sharp-toothed, meat-eating yeah. bastards, okay? Yeah, they're the big guys, right? Like, they are they're... fucking long-ass... Yeah. Uh, mouths riddled with bacteria, really, mm -hmm. really, really sharp teeth. Um, Ronald would allow these lizards to roam free in his apartment across the floor. He would raise uh, Madagascan cockroaches, big-ass fucking cockroaches, which he would throw to them on the floor. He would throw pieces of raw chicken to them on the floor and allow them to just eat at his feet, okay? Gross. Gross. Ugh. I know, on, I know, fucking these rancid mouthed bacteria ridden. They don't, when they bite you, they poison you to death with germs. Yeah. They infect you to death. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, according to his neighbor, Jeff, Ronald got bit by one of these lizards uh, a week or so before going missing for a few days. Oh, geez. Yeah. His family rang the police concerned when he didn't show up to work. And when the police entered his flat, they found Ronald propped up against the door in the middle of being eaten by his monitor lizards. <laughs> yeah. His neighbor, Jeff, who saw the scene, uh, he saw the body after the police failed to cover it properly at the crime scene. Oh, and I'm Jesus. quoting, I'm quoting directly from his neighbor, Jeff. Okay. okay. It was horrific. The blood had just turned black. It looked like fake <gasps> blood. His cheeks had been eaten off and his oh. molars were where his ears should be. Oh, jeez. The lizards had eaten his face, Ugh. eaten his hands. They'd actually eaten into his abdomen and eaten some of his internal organs. Holy shit. When the police broke his door down, he was in the middle of being a feast for the monitor lizards that he had kept and played with and fed from his hand. Bro. 
So did he, like, so did he die from like sepsis or something from the wound? And then they were like, nobody's feeding autopsy, us. Autopsy made it impossible to fucking tell. Yeah, right. Because everything that would have been evidence was eaten. Yep. Like eaten his yep. organs, yep. Yep. all yep. that kind of stuff. But the, the timeline by his neighbor, Jeff, who said he'd been <laughs> nursing a bite from one of his lizards and then a week later goes missing. Oh my Is, God. Let me just c- try and connect the dots here. Is there... <laughs> <laughs> Can we it's learn a, anything almost, from this? There's something I'm I'm gonna have to study this a little bit closer mm. to see if there's if yeah. there's maybe a message. Yeah, circle yeah. back. Let me know if like <laughs> if you get anything from this. It's kind of know. like one of those magic eye pictures. We should ask Eileen. Quite, she would. <laughs> she could probably Eileen, tell us. Can we draw something from this? <laughs> I don't know. Bears ate the lady. Camel <gasps> fucked Pam to death. <laughs> The hippo. I don't know. Readers, so draw your own rhyme right here. <laughs> <laughs> Old McDonald's farm is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. I don't think anyone has ever said mise en scène in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Interesting circumstances on this week's Jack of All Graves. Dear what? listeners, dear, dear, dear beloved <laughs> listeners of ours. Mm. Uh, Corey's in how. Hawaii. Corey's on fucking holiday. Wait. I'm in Hawaii. I mean, it's like kind of holiday. It's like a, I mean, not to downplay it. I'm in Hawaii. I'm in like tropical, whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, not that good. Yeah. Not going to pull the like, you know, I'm in nobody mate. works between Christmas and January and you know, whatever. But no, I mean, it's. Uh... I think we did piss some people off with that, didn't we? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but no, uh, it's, you know, uh, Keo is working in Hawaii mm-hmm. and uh also our family is here I, mm-hmm. my in-laws are here in Hawaii and we obviously have not seen them since pre-pandemic and they are old and cannot travel my uh father-in-law only has half a leg and he's six foot four so getting on airplanes and stuff like that is just like not oh no I didn't know that you kept that from me have I not told you? Yeah, he no. was in the hospital a few years ago. He had been having leg pains for a long time. He owns a bakery. He's on his feet all day and everything. So he went and he was getting, he got like a surgery or whatever to fix it. But then in the hospital, he got MRSA. And MRSA is like a, an infection, like a really bad infection. Um, yeah. And it happens in hospitals sometimes. It shouldn't, but it's, you know. It does. Uh, yeah. so oh, MRSA. Yes. Right. <laughs> Fine. MRSA, so you know what it is. Yes. yes, yes, yes. MRSA. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called. Sorry, I, I'm with you. You got MRSA, okay. okay. He got, yeah, MRSA. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That, that should not be in hospitals, and yet it is. Yeah. It's interesting to me that it's uh, not just a UK thing. I thought it was just an NHS thing. But no, no, it definitely happens here as well. And so he got MRSA and they were like, okay, well, we can do all these kind of treatments. And he was like, cut the leg off. And they were like, well, we can try to. And he was like, cut the leg off. 
I don't want to deal with this leg anymore. He'd been dealing with a bum leg for like 20 years and he was just over it. Uh, And so they amputated it just below the knee. um, And he has, he has like a prosthetic, which is weird connection, isn't it? Oh, come the fuck on. Dear listener, once again, I'm going to just break the fourth wall here and address our listeners directly again in about 15 minutes. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, man. Prosthetics. And for some reason it did not, I did not even think about it. Uh, you were going to keep that one tucked away, weren't I was, you? It you was, even yeah, gonna... it was just going to sit there in the back of my brain. Uh, but yeah, he has like a prosthetic leg. But what's weirder is that like when we get home, because it kind of, you know, it's a little irritating to wear a prosthetic all day. You get a little friction, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it works out really well for him in the, the bakery, but he gets home and he takes it off. Uh, and it's this like weird little flappy nubbin of like flesh that is there and he'll he'll kind of bounce his leg around and you just see this like little flappy flesh flappy nubbins (laughs) it is impossible not to look at and it is so weird you are very much this is my shit that you are talking (laughs) here Try to like sneak a little video of it this uh, this week. Flappy leg nubbins, mate. Flappy leg nubbin. It is. It is. Are we really too late to rename the podcast? <laughs> Think we found it. <laughs> Flappy leg nubbins. Would we lose our user base if we just changed the name? <laughs> but yeah, so we're visiting Keo's family and his dad's flappy leg nubbin, and uh, they live in a small town of about three hundred people. And all of them want to be up in your business all the time because they don't get like, you know, they get a lot of tourists, but not a lot of new people or anything coming in there. And I always can remember, like, I've seen people before, but it's like, it's been two years. I never know who they are. And yet they know everything about me. And it's like a lot of weird small talk and asking me about things and being like invasive and strange about stuff. So, yeah. That's why when I say I'm like, oh, it's not exactly holiday. I'm like, it is. It I is. get Don't it. Get me I wrong. get it. Yeah. Sure. But it's also like a lot of stressfulness that mm-hmm. goes along with it. Uh, going to a town of 300 and having to small talk with every one of them. Uh, it, it, it feels as though you're staying in the Hawaiian Twin Peaks. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, like, totally. It very small much town, is. flappy leg nubbins. Everybody's <laughs> all up in your business. Yes. You know, there's... A lot of strange shit going on in that town behind closed doors. I will yeah. warrant. Absolutely. There's <laughs> one of my favorite things is that like it's a very small town. And so, you know, you have like your ne'er-do-wells and things like that in the town. And people will like steal stuff. Oh god. Like, like someone steals a bicycle, but then you see the person riding around town on the bicycle. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, is that like, my bike? No. <laughs> like steals. <laughs> everything out of the like someone stole all the stuff out of the refrigerator behind the bakery and stuff like that and like you're just like but like we all live here there's no like hiding that you did that um also there's just like weird weird surreal stuff like wild pigs and stuff like that that wander around the town it's a very yeah it feels very sci-fi i would love any and all pictures that you're able to share please and yeah if i see any wild pigs i'll for sure send them your way if you should accidentally hit <laughs> pl- uh, the the shutter button while there's a flappy leg nubbin in your field of vision 
then yeah. that would be fine too. Pass that along as well. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask him, can I get your flappy leg nubbin on, on camera? <laughs> I just want to say it one more time. Flappy leg nubbin. <laughs> Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. How are you, Mark? Uh, I'm all right. Thank you. Um, it, it has been, I mean, on paper, four days back at work, it's been a short week. In reality, it's been a long week. Mm, yeah, uh, I've taken a lot of time to shake off that, you know, New Year fug. Yeah, to to blink off the 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 dust from my eyes of that Christmas period. The Christmas period, I don't know if you can relate. It felt simultaneously too damn long yeah. and over in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you you got like two whole weeks off, right? I did. I got two weeks off and they they stretched out into, you know, into the distance. And in the middle of them, I didn't know where the fuck I was. You know, <laughs> date, date, time, what should I be doing? What's going on? But then it was all of a sudden, shit, work just came at me like headlights through a yeah. tunnel. And I'm like, oh, fuck, now I have to readjust immediately. I have to become a, a functional, real human again. Yeah, who who doesn't kind of drink tins at midday? <laughs> uh, well, and, and that's like that's the thing. Two weeks is too long. Like it, it it's like when it is you, if you're doing fuck all. Well, yeah, because it's like I remember when you know when you were a kid and you were in school and you yeah. would get like winter break off or whatever, and you'd go back in and you're just like, I don't even know how to find my locker anymore. Mm. <laughs> like, what is this oh. place? You just like lose everything. In that those those first couple of days, I had not a single clue what I was doing, <laughs> what my what my job was, what I was supposed to do. Because I, 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 you know, I've I've I've, I've got like a, a leadership position. I've got people who I'm responsible for, and trying to have conversations with people, I, I, I had no clue what I was being paid to do. <laughs> so yeah, now yes. we're in that weird weird back at it mode um yes you know. yeah I've, I've, I've shaken it off and I actually the uh on Thursday and Friday I actually felt quite dialed in uh oh, good. and yeah I mean that's probably the 48 hours of that that I get for the year <laughs> I was, I was taking care of business for a couple of days yeah and you know it'll be back to back to being an aimless fuck then for the other 50 <laughs> odd no, I've been extremely year. productive this past week, which has been really nice. Very yeah. good to hear. I love Lots to hear that. done, making moves, feeling good about it. This week, I also went to see uh, AEW. For the second time, yes, you did. For the second time, yeah. <laughs> went to Newark. It was great. There was, uh, I think, even though I was annoyed they didn't check vaccine cards on the way in, I think because mm. technically you had to be vaccinated, they're... Yep. A lot of people didn't show up. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's also, already like a filter, filtering yeah, out a layer. Exactly, of a filtering idiot, out of people on uh-huh. top of the fact that because of Omicron, I think it was just a lot of people didn't buy tickets. I knew that it had been underselling anyway, uh, uh-huh. because of that. Um, and so my sister and I had like three rows to ourselves uh oh. for it. We had like just a, a blast sitting there watching some wild happen. Like yeah, that. that's the, that was my expression. Apologies to to guys who don't follow the graphs, guys and gals. Just feel free to skip on a minute or two if you need to. But I need to know: did, did you you told me already that you didn't see the horrific injury that Ray Phoenix? Mm-hmm. No, didn't see, uh, Ray Phoenix or uh, uh, Jake Atlas. Either one of yeah, them yeah. did not read from there, and we were like real into 
both those matches. But oh, no, they were I mean, both banging matches. Jake Atlas incredible. looked great. Yes. As soon as, I mean, I'm not super familiar with Jake Atlas. But no, I think no, he's only been on Dark. Either. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, as soon as he came out, my sister and I were both like, who Ooh, is this guy? I love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And But yeah, no, when uh, Ray Phoenix was, if you're into things like wrestle botches or just watching someone injure themselves terribly, um, mm. Ray Phoenix went through a table and his arm bent like backwards. Yeah, and, literally uh, doubled over on his on yeah. his arm, and it was and it was one of those you, that you don't see very often because they're obviously fantastically you know well trained professional, right? Almost balletic quality athletes, uh, but it's one of those that just makes your stomach drop yeah. to your feet, just uh, horrible, yeah. horrible. And seeing a beloved performer because Ray Phoenix, mm-hmm. the guy does amazing. He he cares nothing for gravity. Yeah? Gravity <laughs> is is something that's optional for this guy. Yes. Uh, and it, it it wasn't even, you know, everybody who, who watches a high fly like that will go through this. The, the same thought will go through their head. They're going to have a short career. One day they're going right. to land on their fucking neck. But it wasn't even, you know, he didn't even fall victim to one of his high spots. It was a, it was a, it was a relatively low risk spot, a yeah. table, a, a, a table spot that he's done, I dare say, hundreds of times before. Right. But just this time, man, landed wrong, you know, put his it arm happens. out and took his entire fucking body weight on his arm. And it, oh, it just God. bent right back. And it, <laughs> it <was laughs> yeah, I accidentally saw a slow motion thing of it. And I literally just like threw up a little in my mouth. I was like, oh, God, that is mm. rough. But somehow he didn't break it. It was just a dislocation. Uh, yeah, which I mean, is wild. He's by no means out of the woods. I mean, the, no, of course not. Ligament and nerve injury is still a potential pitfall, um, but fucking wild, absolutely wild shit. Yeah, but it did not read. They they kept going uh, while we were there. Mm. Did not even notice that happened. I mean, it was a chaotic match anyway. There was a lot happening, so mm. <laughs> so much to look at. Didn't mm. catch that that happened. It kept going. There's a weird moment, and I don't remember what match it was during. But where like the power went out briefly, they right. turned the lights off and yeah. then back on, but nothing happened. Well, they uh, did that uh, a few months back as a tease before uh, the former Alistair Black. Well, right. Alakai Black debuted. And it, the speculation is that it's another tease for that, that they're going to do that a couple more times so people get used to it and then boosh, they launch something by mm. surprise. That's why I was like, when the lights went out, I was like, is Malachi Black going to be there somewhere? Which also, by the way, my sister said to me a few weeks ago, I said to her like, oh, I love when Malachi Black just like appears somewhere when it goes dark and then all of a sudden he's just somewhere. And then she was like, yeah, but it just makes me think about him like sh- like shuffling around in the dark. Scurrying, yeah. Scurrying, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> now I can't unsee it. So the entire yeah. time that like Malachi Black was like entering during this thing, my sister and I were like squinting, like, can Where you see him scurry? Him? <laughs> That's why You won't have seen scurry. him scurry because he's magic. He is, he is a magic. magic character. That was yeah. the conclusion I came to was actually the only... he's not scurrying, he's magic. No other way that that could be achieved other than by magic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Mm. So I love that guy. Um, but yeah, it was a fun time. Went to A-dubs, enjoyed that. Got space to myself, which I also like at any form of event. I know, uh, I know that we've chatted about this, but hey, I ain't mad and I'm not a hater, right? Um, <laughs> but it, it, it gives me a wry smile. That I've been watching wrestling since I was nine, and I've yet to catch <laughs> AEW on these shows. Uh, whereas you've been enjoying it for eight months, and you've seen them twice. 
That's you just gotta hop over. Listen, we've got a guest room ready for you. Cool. There's straight to Newark, easy peasy. Come for a dynamite. It'll be the cheapest, uh, cheapest trip <laughs> of your life. It'll be great. Come for dynamite. Stay for your mum's long toe. It's not long anymore. It's, uh, no, it was uh, though. <laughs> Wicked long, in fact. Oh God, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Wicked My brother long. should not be allowed to Facebook people. <laughs> Boomers on Facebook are a problem. Wicked That's long. So much oversharing. Listen, apologies, wrestling fans. We're going to move on now. I know that not, not, not everyone is into it, but yeah, everyone should be because it's the best. You should. I, this is my pitch right here. If you think you're not into wrestling, literally watch two AEW Dynamites. One, yeah. honestly, but watch two just in case. I'm so you get a little more storyline, you're in. But one of one of Brian Danielson's uh, first press conferences after he came to AEW's um, I, I've seen this clip so many times I, I can almost recite what he said from memory so I'm paraphrasing but what he basically said was this I'm in this company to create excellent professional wrestling because the thing about excellent professional wrestling is I believe you can sit anyone down in front of excellent professional wrestling and they will enjoy it because excellent professional wrestling is fucking awesome Yep, <laughs> and it's totally That's true what he said. I have he shown said. so many people AEW and yeah. even if they didn't go home and watch it later, they enjoyed it while we watched it. Yeah. And the key uh, word there is excellent because just like anything else, right. shit wrestling is shit. Right. But the 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 best of it is just spellbinding. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, that's that's our soapbox for the week. Is you know what? Yeah. yeah. Try it out. So mm-hmm. uh, set that DVR or whatever to record Dynamite on TBS this Wednesday. Just uh. Let us know what you think. Yep. You know? Yep, yes. yep, yep, yep. Um, this week, also, the zeitgeist. I don't know if you said it or what, but the zeitgeist is the thing. It's everywhere. It's in the memes. People are watching it. The thing is happening. The film, oh, the, the thing. thing. The th- John I think Carpenter's that was, I think that was thing. me, you know? I think that was me. <laughs> you caused a collective consciousness. No, I did. Mind meld. Yeah. Look. You may or may not have realized this by now, but I'm kind of an influencer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not earning millions of pounds, but uh, I you I do it for the love of the game. Exactly this. Uh, I'm the guy behind the guy. I'm pulling the strings, and mm-hmm. I set the kind of the the agenda. Um, <laughs> and oh man, you, you all know the thing. Yes, you've all seen the thing. You all know the thing quite well. Maybe I. I, you have to I keep put, in mind, there are people who listen to this who are not horror fans, they just like the horrors of life. But yes, many people who have listened to this have probably seen the thing, and if not, should. I put it to you, right? And I recommend that even if you think you know the thing, and you know the beats of the story, and you know the set pieces, and you know that, you know, there's snow, and there's fucking amazing creature effects, and there's dread, I beseech you to turn off your phone and to turn down the lights and to commit to that film afresh because I swear to fucking God even if you remember it as being brilliant it is a (laughs) way way better film than you even think it is Uh, it's a powerhouse yeah it's escaped feeling dated which i think is incredible like and part of that is you know the cycles of fashion and whatnot but also 
aside from those moments where you see the obvious 80s computer technology and things like that, the story itself and the the practical effects and the way that the people interact in it, yeah. it stands the test of time. It is a movie that feels like real people experiencing a real thing that's happening. And I love that deeply. That is it. You know how much I love that. You've, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head right there. They feel like real people experiencing real events. Uh, and that, I, I think that's probably the, the highest praise one can put on it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's not to say, that's not even to mention that beautiful score, that minimalist mm-hmm. score that just skirts around the edges of the film and that just punctuates the the you know the dread and the kind of the walls creeping in and the the the, the frozen dread of the film yeah bum bum just <laughs> silent bum bum oh fuck so good um yep I have a question and... for you oh no go ahead no no please I was just gonna say I have because like I said these people act like people and there are things mm. like that's one of my favorite things in a film I love in this especially you know this is a bunch of um like either sort of blue collary workers slash boffins in this uh and yeah. the way that they react to things I love that like when there's something extremely intense happening of course they scream freak out and things like that but also yeah. like the first time that they find a weirdly distorted body nobody reacts like it's crazy they're like oh let's take it apart see what's going on here you know like yeah. they're very everything yeah. about it feels like how these kinds of people would react as such yeah. I know I have a favorite throwaway line in this movie, and I'm wondering, so do, I, yeah. do you have a favorite throwaway line in this movie? Uh, 100%. It's, <laughs> you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> that is my favorite line of the film, when the fucking head pops off and grows tentacles and just skitters down the hallway. No, the guy doesn't scream. He doesn't run away. He doesn't fucking try and contact outside world. He just gorps. You've got to be <laughs> shitting me. Like, he cannot believe what is fucking occurring in front of him. Stunning. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the kind of thing that I love in this movie. And I do have another, by the way. Um, and oh, this is ahead. one that, that landed really well for me okay. on my viewing the other night is when they go off on that mission to see the Norwegian camp. Yeah. Uh, and McCready shouts, Dutch! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Mine Very is... Good. And I'm like, I'm going to botch the setup of it, but the line itself, the way it's delivered is so good. I, there's something that Palmer, I think his name is, is like volunteering for. Um, mm. And clearly they don't, I, I feel like he says he's going to like, t- oh, I think he, they're going out and he's like, I'm going to take the chopper. Like, oh, I'm willing to fly the chopper out or whatever. And like immediately is shut down. And he, <laughs> he turns and he goes, well, hey, thanks for thinking about it though. <laughs> and that... <laughs> the delivery of that yes, line yes, yes. is so perfect that yeah, it's great. It keeps me giggling for like minutes, <laughs> minutes. I, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. Everything about that movie is so great. And I think like Wonderful. my mom had said, she was like, Oh, I know every word of that by heart. She's not kidding. She knows every word of that by heart. And but we have watched that's... it a million times in our household. That's kind of what I mean. You know, even if you think you know that film inside out, (laughs) 
just just surprise yourself with it again commit to it again outside of your phone and outside of the rest of your you know your yeah. world your family or whatever yeah. just give it your full attention for two hours and i guarantee you will come away from it with a fresh appreciation for it it's fucking amazingly good yeah it's and it, it's led me to, i mean you know for some reason I've never counted Carpenter amongst my favorite quote unquote directors, right? Oh, interesting. I've, I, I have, you know, David Lynch, uh, Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, they're Verhoeven, perhaps they're all amongst my favorite directors. But then you sit down and you think of this fucking ridiculous body of work yeah. that John Carpenter has produced in his 70 odd years. And it is astounding. Absolutely. Yeah. Astounding. So many absolute classics mm. in that. Uh, I was about to say discography. That's the wrong medium. Filmography. Well, it isn't though, because the guy's well, no, a I guess, yeah. musician as well. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> both things are absolutely true. He's phenomenal, and uh, it does surprise me that that's not someone that you think about generally as one of your favorites. Yeah, um, certainly, certainly reevaluated it when you just just you. He's like Abba, right? You know way mm. more, way more of his bangers that's than you so think true. you do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so that seems to be the zeitgeist. I saw, I've seen multiple memes about the thing this week. I saw uh, oh, really? Rob talked about uh, watching it this yeah. week. Um, multiple people I saw talking about well, watching it. Yeah, Rob and I chatted a little bit about it. Oh, on, did you? Uh, he slid into my DMs just to say hi and that he's watching the thing. Uh, oh, nice. Excellent. Yes, so that was lovely. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rob. Um, yeah, uh, but I'm glad that that seems to be because I consider it. I mean, I also watched it like right after Thanksgiving, I think. Um, but it's mm. like very much kind of a quintessential winter watch to me. Yes. So now, especially now that it has started snowing and storms are going across the United States and everything, it is time to sit down and watch the thing. Yep. With no distractions. Just do it. Yeah. Um just as a little coda to that, the prequel does not deserve all of the grief that it gets. I just uh, found it forgettable, personally. Well, yeah. I mean, when you hold <laughs> it up, when obviously it's it's it, you hold it up against the original. Of course, well, you know the nineteen eighty two version, and of course, it's going to come mm-hmm. off uh, poorly. But in and right. of itself, it's effective, man. It's tight. Um, the creature. Maybe I need to watch TV. it again as kind of its own. I would, I thing, would, if you will. Hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> it gets it gets a lot of points from me for the monster. The the mm. creature is great. Even even the CGI paint over uh, monster is great. There's there's a scene in a helicopter where we see it for the first time. A, a, a guy's face cracks open, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the monster beneath is revealed. It's really cool. Now, what did we watch the other day? The Kindred. We watched Speaking the Kindred of monsters. We had a little mini watch along of our own. We did, we? yeah. And that uh, was... I I was surprised to see you only gave it 2.5 on Letterboxd. I felt it deserved more than 2.5. But we know I'm a tough reviewer. You are. You're reviewer. a tough reviewer. I am. Uh, th- a three, for me, is a very, very good film. A three <sighs> is a solid film. So 2.5, all right, it's on the lower end of the scale, but 2.5 is still 5 out of 10. I mean, that's a that's an F if we're grading. Well, we're not. <laughs> okay, 2. fair 5, enough. Two, that's, you know, if, if you're awarding half stars, keep in mind the 2.5 is still a 5 out of 10. And okay. 
the kindred, right? So we're going back to 1987. The reason that I that I suggested Corey and I watch this movie, The Kindred, it was one of those movies that I always remember seeing on the shelf at uh, the video shops of my youth. Uh, club video in Bullfoot on the way over to Evervale. I remember having a fucking huge standee cut out in the foyer of the Kindred. And I always thought, wow, <laughs> that film looks to me to be the apex of all horror. Uh, I can only dream of what horrors might be on that tape. Mm. Uh, you know, like kind of a Lovecraftian kind of document where I to see it or glimpse even a, 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 a an iota of 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 the dread within, I would surely go insane. <laughs> um, never saw it. <sighs> saw it available on a remaster uh, some 30 odd years later. Yeah. Oh, and the kindred just give that a go. Do you know what? It was a daft laugh. Yeah, it was fun. I feel like the acting is solid. The monsters yeah. are great. The story, I mean, it's, you know, whatever. It's a little meandering and weird um, and unfocused. Yeah. Let, but... me, let me try and recreate the story then. Let's okay, have a yeah, little Yeah, go thing. ahead. Let's, let's see. Let's, let's, let's do it. Just keep in mind that we saw this, what, two nights ago? Yeah, probably. Maybe three, two or three nights ago. All right. So there's a guy... <laughs> uh and right so there's a scientist there's a kind of a biologist guy yes mm-hmm. let's call him a biology boffin yeah yeah we'll go with and that he his mum is like a she's super ill right she's in hospital uh dying and she was like a proper super super boffin who's creating <laughs> uh really shady hybrid genetic experiments in the basement of their home yeah yeah right so his mum had maybe like a rival evil scientist yeah i guess so it's something like i'm not entirely sure what their relationship was was that's certainly how it played out yeah played by rod steiger and you know unusually um (laughs) he was after the secret of her success in in creating like gene spliced human hybrid kind of gooey monsters very gooey there's a lot of goop in this oh movie. yeah yes yeah. the ky budget a, was yeah it's a slimy <laughs> movie it is that was extremely. one slippery film <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um turns out so the son invites a lot of his boffin mates up to the uh, house to pick through his mum's work and pour through his mother's work. Even though uh, she distinctly said to burn it. Burn, burn my work. Yeah. Uh, turns out she was trying to clone him. Yeah. Like, or like make, not straight make clone, because make him into, like, because it's a hybrid. It's not like a, it's not a, a clone. She's not trying to make another of him. She's turning him yeah. into some mix of things. And it goes hugely awry and you end up with all these monster anthony's because his name is anthony the monster is called anthony (laughs) uh and so in terms of effect we're very much in basket case territory Mm, um mm -hmm. ghoulies yeah oh totally yeah Mm -hmm. we're very much in that kind of zone monsters on sticks (laughs) (laughs) Uh, tentacles lube Mm-hmm. Um, right, so 
who was the girl, Melissa? The, the English Melissa. weird. Mm-hmm. What was her deal then? Where was she coming from? She was in well, the she was, of Rod Steiger, I mean, we're, wasn't she? I, like, we're spoiling this for you, but it doesn't matter. Watch it anyway. It's, Melissa it's, is like... <laughs> it came out in 1987. Yeah, she's a hybrid herself. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, or like she is somehow affected by, like she encountered something that made her into, they're trying to contain the hybrid in her. Uh, so she is very sexy, but also very, you know, under, she's got another very confident too. Mm -hmm. Very confident. Yes. Very confident in her, in her attempts at seducing our protagonist. Mm -hmm. Uh, but here's the thing with kindred, right? On paper and indeed on podcasts, everything that we've (laughs) just spoken about in the last minute or so, you might think, well, that sounds like a bag of shit, Mark. Right. But Mark and Corey, uh, but everyone takes this bag of shit very seriously. Yeah. Steiger, as you can imagine, is just chewing the shit out of the scenery left, right and center. <laughs> Rod Steiger looks like somebody who would come around to like maybe install double glazing or fix your kitchen. <laughs> his yeah, head are... <laughs> in this and his hair. He looks like a bowling ball that they like he took the hair from a coconut. Yes. And a perfectly spherical dome. It's His truly head. something to behold. It's huge. This <laughs> it fucking head. Uh, yeah, he, he looks like you'd find him like bent over y- y- in your kitchen cupboard, sorting out your fucking you pipes with his ass crack on display. But yeah, we're <laughs> expected to believe that he's this evil uh, genetic scientist, which is apparently a thing. But everyone is taking that. And here it is, I think. Here's the mm-hmm. crux doesn't matter how fucking stupid your concept is or how outlandish your plot or how cheap your fucking effects or how much lube you use in lieu of special (laughs) effects, right? If everyone in front of that fucking camera is taking it seriously, then it will pay off. It will work. As long as, as long as, as long as no one is winky, winky, ironic. Oh, this is shit, isn't it? Isn't it audience? (laughs) Ha ha ha. That will take you out of it, and that will mm-hmm. that will completely ruin it. As long as everyone shows up and everyone takes it fucking seriously, then we will buy it. And I bought Absolutely. it, man. Two and a half yeah. stars. And I gave it three. Uh, so depending on how you rate movies and what appeals to you, mm-hmm. there's that. But I thought it was a good time. It was not a waste of an hour and a half of my life. I nope. enjoyed it. The monsters yeah. are bonkers and fun yeah, to fun. watch. It, there's some gross-outness in there. Fun characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's worth your time, I'd say, to check out The Kindred. The Kindred. The Kindred. What a name. <laughs> um, I didn't just stop at the thing for timeless uh yeah. 1980s bangers this week. For, let me right, let me tell you why I watched Aliens last night. Please do. So I'm 43. I am an emotionally stunted man child. <laughs> right? All right as you may or may not know. Uh, <laughs> and I pre-ordered a few months back the fucking Nerf X Aliens collab. I don't know if you've seen this. You've seen this? No. Oh. The, mm, God no. damn. No, I'm going to say no, because I feel like I might have, but I'm going to say no, I have not. Uh, Nerf have teamed up with Hasbro and made a Nerf gun, which is a precise, okay. yeah, precise scale replica of the Colonial Marines fucking pulse rifle from Aliens. Right, Right. yes. 
with screen accurate sound effects. It does that cool kind of oh, sound I effect. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'd only seen. Yeah, it. it's got I the underslung grenade launcher, which fires bigger nerf darts, and the actual awesome. gun itself fires regular sized nerf darts. Right, of course. Now that's arriving this week. <laughs> What's your plan for it? Well, right. Oh, this weekend is Owen's birthday, right? Owen turns oh, eight this weekend. Oh, wow. Right? That was an accident because I bought this fucker for me. Right? <laughs> uh, so it's going to arrive. He's about to I'm... benefit from this. Huh? Exactly. Here, I'll quote, give it to Owen for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I will be the one enjoying it. Beautiful. You're going to go out like, what do you do? Are you going to go play like tag with it or... Well, no, I'm firstly, I'm going to give it to her and say, I'm going to introduce you to a close friend of mine. <laughs> and I'm going to explain to him how it works. Of course. <laughs> Has he seen aliens? Or alien? No, he, well, no, he's eight. <laughs> I had seen alien by the time I was eight. This means nothing yeah, to me. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, but the more I think about it, right, the, the alien is in Fortnite. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, that's one and way to have... make sure everything's introduced to a child. Yeah, we had a discussion uh, like some episodes ago, didn't we? About like cartoon versions of ridiculously inappropriate properties, like right, yeah, and Ultra yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though, uh, and after watching Aliens last night and having it my ass handed to me through the screen by <laughs> by you know James Cameron, uh, I think they could both handle it, and I I am certain. I can almost feel their hands clutching my t-shirt in 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 kind of you know those that last 15 20 minutes of aliens are so tense. Yeah, extremely. I watched the special edition and it's a long film, right? How long is it? Um I think it's about 2 hours 30, 2 hours 35. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, wild I'm, that like like I said, I'd seen that by the time I was eight. I'd seen that many times in my life and that I sat sure. through that as a child. Yeah, might be a little shorter. I'll, I'll, I'll check and I'll, I'll, you know, correct myself if I'm wrong. But here's the thing. The reason that the payoff is so, and it's orgasmic, man. When Bishop actually turns up on the dropship and saves Newton Ripley, you're like, you, it's an air punch. Fucking Bishop! Right, yeah. Yes, fucking knew you would leave him behind, you synthetic fucking legend. The reason why it's it's that exultant is because you've spent so long watching mm-hmm. these Marines go through fucking hell. And you don't know which ones are going to make it to the end. And people who you've invested in, like Hudson and fucking Vasquez, watching them get picked off. Oh, my God, no. No one is safe in that film. Yeah. Oh, absolutely just, not. Yeah. You know, just like Alien, you didn't know which of those fuckers was going to make it to the end. It was a shock right. that Ripley was the one who made it. Yeah. Um. Because it's so long and because it's such a detailed and beautifully drawn world, it earns that runtime. It earns right. that payoff. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yes. I can't wait. I can't. So, yeah, I, I, I think they could both. I'd, it's about time. And here we go. Old man yells at Cloud. It's right. about fucking time they saw a proper movie. Right. <laughs> I sat down with them the other day and watched Clifford, the big red fucking dog, right? I mean, I say it's about time they saw a proper fucking movie. Obviously, I try to stealth sneak in quote unquote proper films all the time because I'm that kind of that kind of dad. Whenever I get them on their own for a couple of hours, I'm like, 
Come sit down, boys. <laughs> and hey, every now and again, you get an Encanto or something like that. So, you know. Yes, 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 yes. But I, I think they're at a time in their life now where, all right, so you want to run around shooting these fuckers in Fortnite, do you? <laughs> well, well, well. You're going to learn today. Come mm-hmm. sit down. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, eight feels like, yeah, that's mm. the that's the time. Eight and up feels like a thing to yeah. me. Again, I saw things much younger than because it was the 80s and 90s. <laughs> so we saw things much earlier than probably yes. kids would now. But eight feels like, yeah, you can do alien yeah. slash aliens will yeah, be um, scary, but not this kid is going to be scarred for life by it. No, certainly not. And oh, I don't know. I I made a I showed them Ray Phoenix's arm fucking bending in half and that was <laughs> that was Christ. way more horrific yeah anything a, you're a gonna see face huggers yeah yeah because <laughs> that's real that's the thing because when you told me the other day that you had showed them that i was thinking like the way that you have framed horror for them is like it's not real and look at the like art of creating it's something like a book that or tricks a you and everything i'm like exactly ray phoenix's arm is real that like yeah. actually happened. That's really gross. But also, I mean, again, it's not going to scar a kid. They're going to look at me go, ah, oh, and then they're going to go tell their friends exactly. that they saw Pete, something crazy. <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter's exact response was, oh, didn't need to see that. <laughs> what yes, was Owen's did. response, though? Uh, he-, <laughs> <laughs> he asked me to rewind it a couple of times. Of course. Yeah, see, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, squarely in the 1980s this week, Aliens, The Thing, and The Kindred. Yes. Uh, and a good time was had by all. So, listen, your your opener last week on Thalidomide, it, mm. it, it lit a light bulb above my head and reminded me of... It, it, it made me wonder, firstly, why I've, not, why I've not spoken about this on the cast before now, because I've... A fascination is the wrong word because I, as I speak about this, right, I'm conscious that it's it's a, an emotive topic for a lot of people, and it deals with body image, and it deals with the the kind of the what it is to be to be a quote unquote functioning, fully functional from mm. a society point of view human yeah. being. Right? But I've always had a fascination, and man. Fascination is the right word, because for a long time in my kind of later school years and in my college years, prosthetics, limbs, and the potential, you know, what is possible in augmenting the human body Mm -hmm. was a subject of huge, huge fascination for me. I thought about it a lot. You know, even even uh, we've talked about trepanation on the cast before, you know, this 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 early on medical practice of boring holes in skulls because hey maybe we can fucking jack up the potential of the human brain along those lines right this i've always had this bee in my bonnet about prosthetic limbs what if what if man what if what if we could turn the 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 potential of human creativity and ingenuity and engineering are we too fucking precious about the idea of the skin that we're born with and the form that mm. we're born with as being what we're stuck with? 
Mm. Can we make mm-hmm. it better? Can we make it better? Maybe. So even without like disability, without a disfiguration, without anything like that saying yeah. with a theoretically through the way that society sees it functioning body. Yep. Could we, Could make, we it make it better? better? Yeah. Mm, what could we That's do? That's an interesting question. Dun, 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 dun. Inspect the gadget, that kind of thing. Surely there's a fucking... <laughs> ba, ba, da, ba, da. Can we... <laughs> can we... <laughs> can we do more? I don't know. So I, I, I took a, a really close look at prosthetics this week because they fucking fascinate the shit out of me, man. They really do. I love it. By the, the way, can I say, I also just love your framing because this is... Like in terms of thinking about what prosthetics are used for and the idea of disability and all that kind of stuff too. Because one yep. of the things I think is so important in thinking about all of this is that we should always be asking the question of are people disabled or are they disabled by society? Right. And the fact yes. that we, you know, it is the fact that society does not make any allowances for a body except a fully perfectly conditioned one (laughs) and that's how everything is meant to work let's skip ahead a little bit that's the whole point with the prosthetics that were developed for the children of thalidomide right yes Mm -hmm. when it comes to when it comes to the lower limb uh kind of effects of thalidomide then the focus was purely on functionality right so Mm -hmm. um babies babies with lower limb issues uh, from thalidomide were in 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 their toddler years were given almost like standing blocks to allow right. them to stand on which mm. then developed into uh they, they were called sitting sockets to help their balance okay. and to to allow them to sit upright they then uh kind of developed into kind of almost like stilts you know feet on rods uh-huh. which allowed them to stand and then as, as as the child grew and grew and grew the limbs would become more complex but even with the lower limbs of thalidomide children, you said yourself when talking about your father-in-law's prosthetic, it gets mm-hmm. sore, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And children of thalidomide rarely, if ever, had smooth kind of stump appendages to put oh, into yeah. limbs. So even putting fake legs on one of these children would often involve re-amputation. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would often involve uh, excising kind of uh, uh, vestigial fingers and toes to allow them to fit into prosthetic legs. A a hugely painful Mm -hmm. uh, and in its own way disabling process with absolutely no consultation of the child involved, by the way. Of course. Yeah. That would be the parents think this is the way they're going to function better in society. Exactly. And And that's very different than being born with a deformity. Yes. To then have something yes. amputated. Yes, the kids had no agency in this at all. And, you know, as we've seen, vestigial fingers, thumbs, hands mm-hmm. often had to be taken off surgically to allow mm. them to fit a leg prosthetic. But the leg prosthetics at least were built with function in mind, whereas mm. top half limb prosthetic, arm prosthetics, were essentially there to make the kid look quote unquote normal. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about that because obviously, and I'm sure you'll get to this, but until recently, it's not like you could control a hand prosthetic. So it's, Mm. and I, when I was in high school, I had a friend named Andy who was born uh, with his arm only sort of developed to the elbow. And he had like kind of like three little kind of like nubby 
things yep, yep, on yep. his arm, but like not, not even fingers, just little bumps or whatever. Yep. And he had a prosthetic arm. I would always forget that he had half an arm and mm. say stupid things to him. Like, Hey, why'd you move your mouse to the other side of the computer? <laughs> but he would also yeah. take his prost. He had a prosthetic arm that occasionally he would wear and uh-huh. he would just to mess with me, he'd take it off in the middle of class and put it under his chair so that I was sat behind him and I'd just see him take his arm off. But yeah, it wasn't <laughs> functional in any way. He couldn't no. then operate the mouse on the computer with this thing. It was just a no. yeah. plastic thing or whatever that and this is, this looked is, like it, he had an arm. Exactly it. I mean, you know, you have to question who these upper limb, these very primitive upper limb prosthetics were really meant to help. Were right. they there? Were they meant to help those children or were they there just to to make me to, not to, creeped out by their half arm? Exactly this, to save the discomfort of people. Yeah. Uh look, and and, and there were attempts to build prosthetics with some functionality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those upper limb prosthetics of thalidomide children, some of them had gas canisters installed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, with a series of kind of wires and pulleys and straps, waste movements would control pressurized gases to release, which would move the arm and move the kind of the claw attachment. But they mm. were fucking com- so difficult to control and so primitive. Right. They would make kind of gas buildup noises. Gases would kind of release in a rush, causing kind of uh, the arms to flail out the place. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, horrific, horrific things. Um, often, like I said, with no agency for the kids involved, mm-hmm. at cost of great discomfort, mm-hmm. And, and really for whose benefit rather right. than rather than helping that person with by adapting their surroundings and adapting this the you know the 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 family environment and the school and work environment that they were in now nah, shove them in one of these fucking yeah. things at least at least exactly. that means we don't have to we don't have to look at it um yeah it's our entire approach to i mean i don't know this for sure about britain but i know here that that is our entire approach to disability is just sort of like bare minimum accommodation of it, and then make it so it doesn't make the rest of us uncomfortable. Make people, make the disability as invisible as possible. And looking at it through the lens of those thalidomide children and something like that, that is so wildly impractical, really highlights that. Yeah, who's that for? Completely. Who is that for? Um, But I mean, this this lifelong, I, I guess, I guess, this fascination with the potential of the prosthetic for me it comes from films mm-hmm. you know i mean nothing to me as a kid nothing was fucking cooler or more awesome than uh murphy's fucking gun holster leg in robocop sure yeah <laughs> holy shit the first time <laughs> i saw him fucking put his ma- massive fucking modified beretta into his leg i was like oh my god why why are we not doing that with why people? does my leg not do that <laughs> why does my leg not do that exactly um you know you got luke's robotic hand in star wars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just just seamlessly integrated extra functionality almost superpowers in a machine which takes the form of a part of your body. To me, that is so fascinating. Or even in, uh, you know, it's not as high tech, but in, um, what's it called? Uh, My brain is saying gentlemen, and that's not what I want to say. What's the Matthew Vaughn comic that they turned into movies? Eggsy is the lead character. Um, The second one has Elton John. Oh, 
Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Sophia Botella in the the first Kingsman with the blade legs. Yes. You yes, know, like yes. those work way better than mine do. Uh huh. <laughs> that seems really cool to have on you. Yeah. Oscar Pistorius. I mean, before the murder, obviously. Right, before, uh-huh, you know what I mean? The thing. guy could outrun any motherfucker you would care to mention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, being made better through technology, and it's it's Gibson, isn't it? It's transhumanism. My guess mm-hmm. is where it is. It's fucking uh, cyberpunk nonsense. But at the core <laughs> of it is something so fucking deeply, deeply fascinating to me. About if we were to turn the full power of our engineering prowess and just free ourselves a little bit from oh man was made in God's image, right? Yeah, just bin that shit. <laughs> there's a and lot of things wrong with the way we evolved we could probably make it better by our own ingenuity yeah which one of my favorite things that uh like one of the earliest prosthetic examples that if you like kind of look up historical prosthetic um things is this fella who um he had a knife arm Did, have you seen this fuck out of here yeah this was so in 1985 uh archaeologists were in this i guess medieval necropolis in northern italy um and they found all these remains of these different people and they found this one guy who it looked like his arm had been amputated at the mid forearm so it's not even Uh like it's not even at the elbow it's just mid forearm his arm has been cut off and you apparently don't find a whole lot of historical examples of someone with an amputation. And you can imagine why at that point it was probably going to kill you, Mm. (laughs) you know, talk about MRSA or staph infections or any other number of things in these days before modern medicine and things like that. If Mm. you were going to cut off someone's limb, it was probably going to get going to die. Yeah. So you don't find like a ton in archeological records from that far back that Mm. have people amputated but they also found you know as they were going through this that like most people who were buried they were buried with their arms at their sides but this guy was buried with his arm across his torso and then there was what looked like a metal knife buried with him uh, at the end of this and so what they kind of looked at was like they also found that in his mouth he had kind of worn his teeth down in the back on one side all the way down, like basically just like ground his teeth to nothing in the back. And what they think this means is that he had somehow, like, and also he had kind of wearing down and what looked like friction, like what I was talking about with my father-in-law, like there was a wearing down of the bone that looked like maybe something had been here that was kind of rubbing against it or whatever. So they yeah. think that he had had this knife yeah. like strapped on him and he was using his teeth to yeah. strap, to like pull the straps that would have held it on. So this guy was walking around in medieval Italy with yeah. a knife yeah. strapped to the end of his arm. I don't know what he used it for, yeah. but that's wild well, to think that he had figured that out yeah i mean there are there are plenty of examples of people early early on trying to integrate functionality into their prosthetics yeah. as opposed to just cosmetics right yeah, so as opposed quickest, to it just looking like an arm yeah i mean loads of innovation in prosthetics came out of believe it or not the american civil war 
Is that coming from me or you? That's you. That's some okay. you've got some That's sort of a tropical bird. It's, it's probably a, a minor bird. I think there's a minor bird on the porch. Oh wow. Fuck off. We met a minor bird in New Zealand that was around just people. Just told a bird to fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. We met a minor bird in New Zealand that was around people all the time. Yeah. And it we were sitting outside eating lunch and it landed on my shoulder. And I was like, Bleh! there's a bird on my shoulder. And then it started going, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because it wanted us to feed it. <laughs> That's amazing. It had a little Kiwi accent. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Anyway, sorry about the minor bird people listening at are we home. Gonna, are we going to cut that or should we just plow through? Because I enjoyed just that. Just plow through because I don't, it's, right. I'm not chasing it off. American Civil War. American Civil War, yes. Uh uh, at least after the American Civil War, a hotbed of, of innovation in terms of prosthetics. So absolutely thousands of young men uh, found that they needed to adapt to life without limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of ex-soldiers turned their kind of their post-war careers into designing, building, developing, patenting their own limbs with function. Yeah, the key word here being function as opposed to just cosmetics. Right. Um, do look up a a soldier by the name of Samuel Decker, right? Okay. I mean, uh, you will send me a link to this that you we will fucking post know I will on jackofallgraves.com. With timestamps, no less. <laughs> With timestamps, yeah. Um, so 1862, the Battle of Perryville in Kentucky. This lad had both of his hands blown off. Mm. Uh, and uh, after the war, he he designed, built formulated his own mechanical arms with tools on the end. Oh, wow. Like eating tools, spoons, utensils. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff to allow him to become self-sufficient. He went on to, he, he lived a very full life. He went on, he worked in the House of Representatives. He, he you know, it was almost the making of him. Wow. Um, yeah, crazy shit. Um, little history lesson, right? Do you, the first ever prosthetic, first ever prosthetic, evidence in man of the first ever prosthetic appliance. Would you, uh, any idea would you get to speculate for me? Oh, gosh, I think I saw this on something and I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, so you're going to have to tell me. It's a toe, right? A, a wooden toe <laughs> uh, built, out of, built out of wood attached to the foot with kind of leather and, and kind of animal gut lace. Um from ancient Egypt, from a noblewoman unearthed in ancient Egypt. But here's the thing, right? This fucking toe, your big toe, believe it or not, and my big toe and everybody else's big toe listening here, uh, at any given point during your normal walking can carry 40% of your body weight. Oh, wow. Yep, true story. That's wild, yeah. Yep, it's responsible for forward propulsion, forward momentum. Your big toe does way more work than you might expect it to. That explains Uh, why mine is always sore. There you go, because it's dealing with it's doing a lot, a lot. It's working hard of your heft, right? Yes. Now that that Egyptian toe, that Egyptian prosthetic toe, uh, was studied intensely at University of Manchester here in the UK. Um, Ew. Ew. If you if if you were to be fitted for a prosthetic toe now, right in mm-hmm. 2022, you would be scanned and you would be sculpted and you'd have kind of alginate kind of presses taken of your stump and la 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 the this study at the university of manchester recreated that exact prosthetic toe 
uh, from Egyptian times and used it with amputee volunteers. You know what? Comfy as fuck. Really? It did a great job. That's fascinating. Yep. Did it yep. move? Like, did it have joints? Nope. It, it was it, okay. it was a toe-shaped lump of wood. Just a wedge. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stitched onto leather and uh, attached with catgut. But, but it does they, what it needs to do. It takes the weight that needs to be taken. They did a great job. That's amazing. Mm. Um, and I mean, artificial limbs, prosthetic limbs, there wasn't really much in the way of innovation. Uh, you talked about functional um, kind of almost, you know, knife arms, weapon arms. There's a, there was a, a, a German knight, right? Uh did you come across uh, Goetz von Böchingen? I did. Yes, I did come across. Fucking hell. Stella. He became known as Goetz of the Iron Hand. <laughs> so cool. So and, metal. Uh, literally, the metalist motherfucker. Literally. It, his arm looked like uh, Ash's prosthetic in Army of Darkness. <laughs> um, because this guy's career, this knight, he was a, he was a part of a... Uh, he served Charles V, right? The Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. And he was fitted with this metal arm simply so that he could continue his career as a badass. <laughs> simply so that he could continue fighting um, to remain useful because that was his role. That was his job. He was yeah. a fighter. So they made him a fucking metal arm of doom and he pushed him the fuck back out there. Carried on fighting. <laughs> Amazing shit. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, World War, loads of innovation there. Um, of course. Civil War, loads of innovation there. Uh, but I don't think... I don't think we've yet had the balls as a society to think of prosthetics not just as replacements for damaged limbs, but for augmentations to existing limbs. And there is, like, in terms of the damaged limbs thing, there is some incredible innovation that's come to the point where using oh, yeah. your brain yes uh you can actually operate like a prosthetic hand and things like yeah. that you know that the, there are the these... term the term is consciously controlled prosthetics mm. yeah exactly which is an incredible thing you know for mm. people who are disabled but I, I don't know what do you think mark in terms of like what would you if you could augment your body somehow aside from putting a gun in your leg what would you do what do, what do you think would uh Look, I, you could do better i don't know about what i would do right mm -hmm. all i know is that what others have done like i said you know olympians with those blade running legs mm -hmm. incredible stuff there's a there's a there's a tattooist right an america a french sorry a french tattoo artist a guy by the name of shaitan tenet mm -hmm. um he lost his dominant arm at age 10 and he collaborates with a visual artist, a guy by the name of J.R. Gonzal. And he's created a prosthetic for his missing arm, which is a tattoo gun. What? I no you not. way. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost looks Geiger-esque, this creation. It's, yeah, a, sure. it's a work of, of sculpture and art in its own right. Uh, but it serves as his, his, you know, his, his artistic implement is he has a tattoo gun. It has to be connected to a generator, but the, the cable is long and it allows him free movement. And he tattoos with this prosthetic arm, which is a, uh, you know, an augmented version of a limb, wow. you know, which he uses to continue his work, 
to continue his art and to make to incorporate almost his art into his physical form. That's um, amazing. Please do, and again, links forthcoming. But this 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 thing is in itself a work of art incorporated into the bodily form, and it's it's breathtaking. And uh, you know, I guess is is the next frontier for prosthetics, not just function, but aesthetics. Mm-hmm. The ability to three D print limbs mm-hmm. in kind of you know for for. Minus, for example, and child-friendly, uh, you know, child-friendly forms, uh, transparent, aesthetically designed, colorful limbs to match a personality. Yeah, uh, kind of like getting like a pink cast or rainbow braces. Exactly this. Exactly this. Um, the it's <laughs> Wired call it the Maserati of prosthetic limbs, right? But Otto Bock, a company. Produce a, a, a leg called the Genium X3, the world's <laughs> most technologically advanced microprocessor knee. And this fucking thing, I swear to Christ, it's it's a of course incredibly expensive and incredibly advanced technology. You know, you can charge it through clothing. You just plug a fucking uh, a magnetic <laughs> charger into the back of your leg, charge it up. This is like uh, my Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly this exactly this sensors and fucking servos dust and, and 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 grip proof motion units gyroscopes the whole thing it uh, you know walking forwards backwards side to side it does it all it does it all what if we kind of maybe thought about using uh anti-rejection technology and incorporating that shit in a body that was quote unquote already fine what could be? Mm. What could? What could we do? I don't know. Do we need? I. I. And look, this is fiction, of course. This is. This yeah. is nothing. Nothing about this is remotely practical or, or ever likely to happen. But man, well, maybe not ever. But the idea of fucking sporting competitions. Fuck the four-minute mile, man. <laughs> what about you know? What could be possible in enhanced mechanically and cybernetically enhanced humans who by choice have elected to replace their body with machinery it's an interesting thought because it we tie so much value into the body being unmodified and being able to do certain feats and certainly that is impressive the things that people are capable of doing but it's almost got like a a moral element to it or like a a a hierarchy of how good yeah. a body is based on yes. what it can do naturally. Um, and of course that enables a lot of ableist perspectives on things, but also hinders the idea that like, well, maybe, I mean, what if we thought about uh, not that, I mean, steroids aren't good for you, obviously. So you shouldn't take them, but oh. the idea that steroids are something that is, you know, morally a problem and taints a sport or something like that the idea of i mean now we see a lot of arguments over like whether trans women should be allowed to compete in things or if they are advantaged because they were born you know they were assigned male at birth and they Uh whatever um which obviously is scientifically wrong on top of everything else but this idea that like we value the unaided 
perfect specimen of a human body. Yep. And that is how we limit ourselves. Like, yep. what if that wasn't how we thought about things? Certainly this yep. can go wrong in terrible ways, but maybe there's ways that could go right. You know? Completely. I completely yeah. agree. All you've got to do, <laughs> all you've got to do is rid yourself of God. That's all you have to do. It's true. Yes. And, and all the things so that so many things, so many things are possible when you've been God. <laughs> it's that's a very good point <laughs> i've just realized why i love battle angel alita so much i thought it was because you're a misogynist <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> oh yeah that too sorry it's because i hate women but also why, because... why not both i love cool metal limbs right listen uh, a couple of things from a cast point of view we are on the verge we are on the brink of announcing some cool as fuck shit we're yeah! not Corrigan. we are we absolutely are so mm-hmm. next week for sure we will God, you're I gonna love it. Say um, all no. of the nonsense that you enjoy about jack of all graves but just more of it mate there's so more. much more coming your way mm-hmm. so yeah get ready folks 2022 is, is gonna be a banger for us yes I, like 2021 was the year of joag but also 2022 is the year of joag every oh, yeah. year is the year of joag 2021 was the year of joag but also or every other year subsequently. This is the era of Joag. That's oh, that's it. It is the era of Joag. This I'm is the so dawning of the era of Joag. When I went out the door this morning, there was Shut a up. fella out front singing that song. Shut I kid up. you not. It was, I, and then I walked up because I walked out the door and he clearly was not expecting me. He was waiting for his wife to come out. And I was like, Oh, and he went, hi. He's like, I'm very happy. And I was like, I'm glad to hear it. But it's just wild that you started singing that when there was a dude outside of the condo singing that this morning. I've enjoyed this episode a great deal. My favorite bit was when you told a bird to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it did, though. No, it did. It's gone. Well, well, you would. (laughs) I mean, I I was pretty clear. So. <laughs> so dear friends thank you so much for joining us once again on the joag journey we are as always happy to have you here uh and check us out on all of these social media things i think we're jack of all graves on everything now we're working yeah. on that custom url on youtube but i googled it and apparently sometimes it takes them months to get to it but now we're at over 100 subscribers so that that custom url is coming eventually. what do you think happened to the pervert who had our instagram username well i thought i think you already determined oh choke wank of course choke choke wank's gone awry he still hasn't been discovered he's now Um, in what stage of decay lizards exactly that (laughs) as we speak the former jack of all graves owner is being eaten by monitor lizards rest in peace on that bombshell (laughs) we will see you next week. You sure will. Stay spooky, lads. Stay spooky.